The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today we're going to talk about marketing in the government sector. Joining us is R.J. Crowick, who is the Principal and Chief Marketing Officer for Government and Public Services at Deloitte, which is a team of over 15,000 professionals across the country that brings a fresh perspective to help you anticipate disruption, imagine the possible, and fulfill your mission and promise. Whether you're at the crossroads of AI and workforce transformation, cyber and IT modernization, or digital and citizen experiences, Deloitte brings actionable insights to drive bold and lasting results. And today, RJ and I are going to discuss the government technology trends for 2021. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with the Principal and Chief Marketing Officer for Government and Public Services at Deloitte, RJ Crowick. RJ, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. And thanks for having me. Excited to have you on the show. Excited to have not only a member of the Deloitte team joining us, obviously a well-respected brand in consulting and in marketing, but you're CMO and you work in government services. So there's a lot for us to tackle here today. Yep. And I'm excited to share. There's been a lot of change, a lot of disruption in the government, and really excited to share some of those findings with you. Well, I'm excited to have the conversation and honestly, how the government thinks about technology and their role in marketing I feel like it's not something that most marketers think about on the regular. And the only experience I had was in the, I guess, the beginning of 2020, I organized a group to talk to the Undersecretary of State about what some of the consumer marketing trends were. And this was for a friend who's a venture capitalist. That's basically as much government experience as I have in marketing. So you do this all the time. What happened? What did the government do in 2021? What were some of the big tech trends? So I'll tell you, your perspective is shared pretty expansively in government. Government has a couple areas traditionally that they will advertise in where they think they're doing marketing and advertising. Examples of that are some of the recruiting efforts, particularly in DOD, and then often public health campaigns. Think of like anti-tobacco campaigns. Provax. Yeah, exactly. I argue that the government should be doing a lot more marketing and advertising they've kind of got to often have an adverse reaction to those terms. But if you changed it from marketing and advertising to external communications or trying to guide behavior, suddenly it opens the aperture to what the government can and should be doing. I mean, from my perspective, government over 200 years old 
it starts out simple and then policy just keeps getting added and added and added. And where we find ourselves today is you've got to be an expert in a very particular area to really understand what the policy is, what the mission is, who they're trying to talk to, how to navigate the system. It gets really complex and difficult unless you've got a ton of time to spend in an area and have a JD to understand it all. And to me, that's an opportunity for marketing and advertising to be able to translate those tomes of information into plain language served to people when they want to hear it, how they want to hear it in a way that's understandable so that they get the information they need and can act upon it. So what I'm hearing from you is marketing and technology and the government is really complicated. And the primary things that they did or focus on is not only recruiting to have people work for the government, but also public health and messaging. When we think about the overlap of technology and marketing in the government, and specifically some of the technologies they use, you know, I doubt Marketo is something that the United States government is using to send out their messages. I'm guessing it's something that's proprietary, more secure. Talk to me about some of the technology trends or basically what does the MarTech stack look like for the government these days? It's starting. So over the past year, I've definitely seen the government begin to use some of the enterprise platforms so that they can automate at scale communications out. I've also seen them use, be a lot more open to MarTech tools like social listening platforms, for example, where they can gather information, know where their shortcomings are, and then start to either respond in the ecosystem in real time, or at least take those findings back to make changes and make adjustments in their programs and missions. So when you think about the goal the government's trying to achieve, obviously, a lot of it is broad communications. I mentioned Marketo as an example of a, a an email marketing tool. There's also things like emergency alerts every once in a while. I think it was this last past year, there was a test of everybody in the United States is going to get a text message as an emergency test? You know, what are some of the other communication forms that the government relies on or they just on Facebook like everybody else? You're exactly right. I'm seeing a lot of movement towards all sorts of automated email, automated text messaging, even announcements via social channels the government owns combined with changes in contact center messages is a real effective way to get a message out quickly. So you're right, Marketo, I have seen being used. Some of the other large platforms, like you're, I'm seeing a lot of Salesforce, GovCloud, Adobe, Granicus, and other enterprise systems being used to automate because the base of people that the government's talking to is so big. And the staff seems large from the outside, but when you compare it to a population of 350 million, is just tiny. So the only way to effectively get communications out at scale is by using big data, AI, platform systems to be able to do that. And one of the big changes is the enterprise solutions, the Salesforce's, the Adobe's, the Granicus's, and others that are providing software that's easily modular, can be plugged in, and is proven in industry and now increasingly in government has lowered the barriers of entry and encouraged the government to use them more often. So imagine as an example, how a state beneficiary system that's trying to identify people that will qualify for benefits gets the word out. Once they are in the program, the wealth of information they can give them to, for example, if they qualify for the SNAP program, which gives food to people in need, how to make healthy choices, how to use those dollars to buy the most nutrient-rich foods and choices is just like an easy way to get better at their mission by using technology, big data, and advertising and marketing and MarTech. 
Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. It sounds like there's numerous different tools that the government's using. They're starting to use the tools being developed by the public sector more frequently. And I think one of the big questions that people have when it comes to government is and marketing is data. We've seen a lot of privacy concerns from marketers over the past year. Obviously, Apple rolled out some privacy changes, stopping apps from collecting data, making sure that consent was there. We're going to see the departure of the third-party cookie, hopefully next year. And most of that is people are concerned with who has access to their data. I don't think it's a controversial statement that people are always a little skeptical of what information the government has. You know, is Big Brother watching me or not? Is there a central archive that the government has where they're collecting not only marketing data, but things like your tax information? Like, how does the passing of data across the multiple systems in the government work and how much should consumers be concerned? I'd say there is a big cultural aversion for the reasons you mentioned to collecting and overusing data, just because most think that the government, it would be easy to overstep there. And so errs on the side of caution. In fact, you talked about a cookie-less world. I think the government is not nearly as impacted as industry in a cookie-less world for two reasons. One, they weren't using third-party data because they felt that that was, in most cases, overstepping their bounds in many of the clients that I talked to. So just weren't used to using it, weren't using it, got by without it. And then for the second reason, because of that, when people go and sign up for a benefit or sign up for a program, they're offering their data. And typically, the expectation is, I'm giving you my contact information, I'm applying for a benefit, I'm expecting to hear back whether I get it, whether I'm moving forward, where I am in the process. So the government is set up to use first-party data to communicate already. What I don't see it doing as often is sharing back and forth to your question on, is there a central database? No, I think the data is largely siloed for the reason of data privacy and security. 
And I don't see a lot of movement in a desire to say, hey, let's just take all the data we have on Citizen X and stitch it together so we have a complete view for those privacy concerns. What I do see is the desire to say, if Citizen X has come to us and offered this information, expecting a quid pro quo of information back, let's use that to both increase transparency of where they stand in the process and then automate communications out to them. Um, also see uh, increasing desire to say, if Citizen X has, has divulged this about themselves, what else might they want to hear about? As in, if you're a veteran and have signed up at the VA and we know that you're getting health care, might you also be eligible for some other benefit? Can we offer that? I think that there's the question of how much does law enforcement or that side of the government connect with sort of the public facing consumer oriented part of the government? You know, the people that are offering you messages about health care or your taxes, how much does that get down into law enforcement? I, I saw a funny meme the other day related to the attacks on the federal government buildings, the Capitol building. January 6th that says, you know, everybody's protesting because they think that the government is trying to take all of their information and being heavy handed, but they're also pissed off that they can't get their license in less than three months at the DMV. Which one is it? Right. You know, does the government know everything and they're trying to control everything or they can't get out of their own way? And I think that there's obviously multiple parts of the government that people have different feelings about. And obviously it kind of depends on your political points of view. When it comes into politics and how the government starts to think about marketing, obviously, we're kind of a bifurcated society right now. And we hear a lot in the media about, you know, the left versus the right. How does that affect some of the technologies that are used, how they're used and what the government's doing in marketing? Well, first of all, I think you're exactly right, which is all the more reason to be able to, one, place a bigger emphasis on communications and two use data to be able to tailor it. Because one strategy for that is recognizing that it's a bifurcated world, that there's lots of unique groups that have unique views. There's nothing stopping the government from speaking directly to those groups. So you can tailor a message an infinite number of times using data to get a behavior out of individual groups by speaking to them differently in a way that they're likely to react to. Not only that, I've seen an erosion of trust in the government over the past period which makes groups less likely to listen to them. I mean, just look at the vaccine issue as an example where it became politicized and the science wasn't cutting through, but your beliefs and who you chose to listen to informed a scientific choice. And if the government can speak in the authentic language of different groups more readily, then that trust goes up and they're more likely to be able to cut through the noise to get a message out that they want to get out. So 2021 was a year where we actually had a transition not only in presidents, but obviously the sort of party that has been in power, a lot of the policies. When you look back over what happened in 2021, what were some of the big changes that we saw? It's interesting. Watching administrations come and go, the business of the government remains fairly consistent. What I see change from administration to administration is, one, the messaging out certainly changes. Two, where funding goes and therefore what new programs are able to start sort of shifts. So over this past administration, seen a big shift in funding to areas that align with this administration's priorities, and therefore new programs are started that can make a difference. For example, there would be a lot more funding in the Environmental Protection Agency, for example, that was receiving less during the last administration. 
So we're seeing a little bit of a different change in terms of what messaging is being sent from the government based on who's running the government. But when it comes down to how that message is being delivered, the marketing of government messages, the usage of data, in 2021, we really didn't see major sea changes. I would argue that how the message gets out is fairly consistent. That's part of the bureaucracy of the government, which I think smooths out the changes from administration to administration. I also think that in general, the idea of how the government communicates out policy changes, new programs, things that they're doing needs to take a more prominent stance. I don't think it's given enough attention as work is being done. It's more of an afterthought, as in we're the government, we're doing this, people will find out. And I find that's not always the case. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity to bake in earlier an idea of how we're going to communicate this out, who we're going to communicate it to, built as part of a new program or offering to really encourage the use of something that the government's trying to do. Sounds like the government has similar challenges to most startups in the sense that often you can build something and then it doesn't matter if you can't get it to the right person at the right place at the right time. It's fascinating to hear about how an organization as large and bureaucratic as the government has some of the same challenges as some of the smaller businesses that we talk about on a regular basis on this podcast. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with RJ Crowick, the Principal and Chief Marketing Officer for Government and Public Services at Deloitte. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, RJ and I are going to talk about his government tech predictions for 2022. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about RJ, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is RJ Krowick. That's R-J-K-R-A-W-I-E-C. Or you can visit his company's website, which is Deloitte.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.